you know, my son Austin started drumming when he was 11, and he, kind of like Danny right here, and he became the church drummer because there just wasn't anybody else at the time that was able to drum for the main services. And, and my son always said, um, I don't want to do what you do, always, okay? And I don't want to do what you and mom do. Just don't want to do that. And, and when he got about 12 or whatever, we were doing productions all the time. He's like, Dad, I do not want to be on the stage. And I say, that's fine. But we're going to do this as a family. So you can run a light. You can run a spotlight. You can work backstage. But this, we are doing this as a family. We're all going to be involved somehow. And that's, this is what we do. And so for a long time, you know, he's like, I don't want to lead worship. I like drums. I'll do drums. And then... He went to a camp in Oklahoma one summer, and he came home, and we're sitting around the house and uh, one evening watching TV, and out of the blue, just like completely out of the blue, he goes, oh, I know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Those profound statements that appear out of nowhere in the mouths of 16-year-olds, you know? Well, that got our attention. Yeah, you know, yeah. And my son's kind of like super, super mellow. He's like, yeah. I'm going to be a worship leader. And me and my wife inside are like, yes, you know. But outside we're like, oh, that's cool, son. That's awesome. That's really cool. We're glad. We, we tried to be as low-key about it as possible because we don't want to freak him out. But he said, yeah, God spoke to me at this camp. I'm supposed to be a worship leader. Isn't that interesting? And so he's been writing songs little by little, and, and I've been writing songs since I was a young kid, since I was about eight years old. In fact, my, my, my piano teacher was a Christian, and she told me when I grew up that when, she, when I came to her as an eight-year-old, she said, I prayed over all my students, and she said, God told me to make you start writing songs. And so when I was eight years old, she would give me songwriting assignments. I want you to write a song this week about your dog. Or about, she would give me little subjects, and I, I was supposed to make up music to it. And she said, God told me to do that. And, I mean, that's just miraculous to me. And God's allowed me to do that, and, and now my son's been writing songs like the one you heard. And so he plays drums for this worship artist, Carrie Job. Some of you probably know who she is. And um, last year, she decided they were going to do this big live album, and she was going to use the, her real band to play on it, which has never happened before. Usually, usually it's studio musicians. And she invited the band to submit songs for the project. And um, he was the only band member who showed up with fully written songs to submit for the album. And um, they liked one of his songs. They liked both of them, but they really liked one of them. And they really liked the verses. And she had this song that um, she had written the chorus with some of the guys from Hill Songs, and, and they had never written verses to it. So they took his verses, and they worked them, and they took her chorus, and the band worked on a bridge, and they put the song together, and it ended up on the album. Now, that is pretty cool. Then, about a month ago, he calls me. He's so nonchalant, you know, about everything calls me, oh, we're going to play on the Dove Awards. It's like Christian sort of Grammy-ish awards, you know. It's going to be on national TV, I think. I don't know. He said, we're, getting, we're playing on there. That song, Forever, that you sang in first service today. We're going to play that on TV or on the, at the awards. I'm like, I'm all excited. 
you know. And then he said, and we've been nominated for Worship Album of the Year. And believe it or not, they won Worship Album of the Year. This was the kid who told me, I don't want to do what you do. You know. I'm sharing all of this for a reason. You know, I'm just being transparent with you. As a songwriter, something I sort of always dreamed of was being a part of some Dove Award-winning thing as a Christian songwriter. And maybe I've never gotten to do that, but my 23-year-old son gets to do it. How crazy is that? In fact, seven years ago, I was in Nashville mixing down one of our records, and somebody told me, it's, it's Gospel Music Week, the Dove Awards are on, and I went and bought a ticket, and I sat up in the nosebleed section and watched, and I was like, wow. I had no idea seven years later my own kid would be on that stage. He was like in high school then. I mean, I couldn't, I wouldn't dream that up in a million years. And I tell you, something came to my mind about it when I was watching that show, because I was pretty amazed. It was that there's an anointing on our lives, and it can spill over and increase into the lives of those who are, are our children and even our spiritual children. Listen to me. There's an anointing on our lives, and it can be reproduced in our own children, in our spiritual children. How many of you have children tonight? Lift your hands. Yeah, so many of us. Take notes. Take notes tonight. I encourage you. Now stick with me here tonight. Because we're going to talk for a few minutes about generational anointing, okay? What happened in the Old Testament when they were going to anoint somebody? What'd they do? They anointed them with oil, right? We talked about it this morning a little bit. They poured oil upon them, and they did it for priests, and they did it for prophets, and they did it for kings. Did I lose you guys? Are you guys with me? Priests, prophets, and kings. And what did it mean? It meant they were consecrated. They were set apart as holy for a purpose. They had a purpose that they were to do something. And if you look at um, Exodus chapter 40, verse 15, when God was telling Moses what to do with the priests and, and what to do with the tent of the meeting, the place of worship, he said this, anoint them just as you anointed their father so that they may serve me as priests their anointing will be to a priesthood that will continue throughout their generations. That was God's plan for the priests. Aaron, anoint him. His sons, Nadab and Abihu, anoint them. The anointing flows to the next generation. And he wanted it to keep going generation to generation to generation, just as I have seen in my own life. That was God's intention, except it was a physical, let's pour some oil in the head. But it's a picture of what God wanted to do. You see it in 1 Chronicles 25. It's kind of a worship weekend this weekend. And it talks about the musicians that David raised up in 1 Chronicles 25. And it, and it said they assigned three men as the musicians 
Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun. And it said their sons were supposed to be the musicians who were serving under them. The anointing on those priests was supposed to overflow to their sons, and they served. And it starts listing, listing sons, grandsons, who are to serve as musicians and as priests. The anointing spilled over. God is a generational God, amen? You can see it in our pastor's life. Dr. Morocco, I mean, his parents were great missionaries to India. I mean, against all odds, they had huge faith. When the denomination they were a part of would not support them, they were young people. They said, we're going to India anyways. And they just packed up and they went to India. And they opened a, a church and turned it over to someone named Mark Buntain, which today it is a huge, huge ministry in India. Then they went to the Philippines and took a church that for seven years, I believe, they had 24-hour prayer because it was such a battle. And they turned that church over when it was the right time. I mean, they had great faith. Today, that church is Cathedral of Praise in Manila. It's a church of around 20,000 people. That's Dr. Morocco's parents. And then, Dr. Morocco, come on. You want to talk about faith? Let's build churches everywhere, amen? Have you ever been around Pastor Morocco, Mike? <laughs> Mike told me a funny story. I, I, you'll have to ask him about it. He once was staying at Dr. Morocco's house and happened to go get a midnight snack. Isn't that right? And Dr. Morocco was there getting a midnight snack. What a story, and you guys had a talk. Who has that to tell? Me and Dr. Morocco had a midnight snack. When you get around Pastor Morocco, he is a man of faith, and he builds up your faith. And his first question generally to you is, you got, you full of faith, brother? That faith of his parents spilled over to him. That against all odds sort of faith spilled over to him. And now, Pastor Josh, and now Pastor Janelle, and Jamie, it's like pouring the oil and the priest and the next one and the next one, the anointing flowing down. You can see it in their lives. You know, it was also in the, in the office of the prophet. You guys remember Elijah and Elisha? You know, God told Elijah that Elisha was going to be his successor. Elisha wasn't his physical son. No, he wasn't. God said, go. he didn't even know him, it seemed. In fact, when he found Elisha, he was out plowing his field. And he said, that guy's going to be your successor. And he went over there and he put his coat on him. It was a picture that my anointing is coming on you. It's going to flow over onto you. And he said, come on, follow me. And Elisha slew those animals, said goodbye to his life, no plan B, and followed Elijah. And as I shared this morning, he didn't turn into Elijah in a moment. The Bible says he served Elijah. He washed the hands of Elijah. But I tell you what, he was at the right place in the right time and wouldn't let go of Elijah. And when Elijah was taken up to heaven, he was standing there and the mantle came down in his life and he received it. Why? Because he was hanging out with the man of God and he was serving the man of God. Can you imagine if, if Pastor Alex, it's okay, you got your baby, it's all right. I'm not going to do anything crazy or anything. You know, I mean, if we stood here and poured oil, maybe we should do this. No, just kidding. Um, if we stood here and poured oil all over Pastor Alex, and if I happen to just be, can you walk that way, following him, aren't I going to get kind of oily? Right. 
When you hang out with people with an anointing on them, you get a little oily. Their anointing starts to rub off on you. And Elijah happened to, Elisha happened to be with Elijah at the right time. The anointing rubbed off on him. But listen, it isn't just enough to have the anointing. Some of y'all probably just got freaked out. Y'all just got freaked out. Because it isn't enough just to have the anointing. Aaron's sons had the anointing. Nadab and Abihu, it was poured on them. But what happened? Does anybody know? They died. It was very quickly that they disobeyed how God said to offer incense to him. And they offered strange fire, the Bible said. They didn't do the way God said. Maybe they were nonchalant. Oh, whatever. I don't know. But they were disobedient, and bam, God struck them down. Are you with me tonight? You know, also, there's a priest, Eli. Eli was a great man of God, but his sons were not. They were anointed as priests, God's intention was for Eli's anointing to come on them. But you know what they were doing? They were standing outside the place of worship. And when people came to offer, you know, meat, they would say, um, before you go in, I need, I need that piece for myself. It would be sort of like somebody standing outside when you're getting ready to come in church and saying, Danny, oh, you're giving your tithe today on your offering? How much, which one's greater? Okay, I'll take the tithe then going into church. That's what they were doing. They were robbing people of their offering to God. And the Bible even says they were doing much worse. They were fornicating with women when they came to worship. I mean, these were some lousy sons of Eli's. I'm sorry. And God got a hold of Eli, and he spoke to him. And this is what he said, why do you honor your sons more than me? By fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people. He wasn't making his sons obey. He wasn't saying, sons, this is not how you act. Get it right or get out. He was kind of doing the Jeffy honey. Everybody say the Jeffy honey. Do you know what this is, Minister Chris? Do you guys know Pastor Brian Reynolds? He would probably burst out laughing if he heard me tell this story. He's one of my greatest friends. He has a cousin named Jeff. I pray that Jeff is not watching whenever this is online. <laughs> God help me. That thought just came to my mind. I don't even know Jeff. I've never even met him. But he has a cousin named Jeff, and he's told me about him for the last 25 years. And his uncle called him Jeffy Honey. Not just Jeff. Jeffy Honey. All right? I mean, even when he's 18, he's calling him Jeffy Honey. All right? And he said his uncle, I, I should not have told this story, man. <laughs> Anyways, he said his uncle was always scolding him all the time. You know, he's doing something wrong. I won't say what Pastor Brian, you know, the things that he would say, you know, what he would call him. Forgive me. It's his cousin. It's, it's legal for him. All right? You know, just I'm joking around. But he said his uncle would always be like, Jeffy, honey, Jeffy, honey, Jeffy, honey, Jeffy, honey. <sighs> he just kept scolding him, but he never really made him do it. Never made him change. 
And that's the picture you have of Eli. He knew what his sons were doing. But it was, don't do that. Don't, don't, you boys better not, you better not, you, you better not do that. But nothing changed. I'm going to tell you something. And you may have heard this before, but sometimes the most basic thing is the most spiritual. Your kids, those who serve under you can have all the anointing in the world, but if they cannot obey, if they do not have integrity, they're not going to get anywhere, and it's not going to last. Parents, we have to make our kids obey. Is that right? When you call their name, they should turn around and come to you. If they don't, often we or our friends would say, maybe you didn't hear me. That means this is your last chance. Maybe you didn't hear me. But when they, if they can't respond when you call their name, how are they going to respond when God calls their name? If they can't obey you, how are they going to obey God? Are you with me tonight? I'm, my, I don't even know where my notes are now. I mean, I, I, can't, I couldn't find my place in here if to save my life. So can I just go with the flow? The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. And in the end, he won't depart from it. Parents, you're the boss. You're in charge. The kid is not in charge. You do not want to sabotage your child's future because you didn't make him obey you and you didn't teach him to obey the Lord. Can I get an amen? That doesn't mean we exasperate them. That does not mean we beat them, although I believe in spankings. There is a connection between this part of the body and this part of the body. It's an electrical current of some sort. And you may not agree with me, but I spanked my children and they love God and they serve God. I did not beat them. One of my kids, it didn't matter how hard I spanked him. He just stared at me. He didn't cry. It was worth it to him. It was well worth the pain, whatever he did. So we had to invent more creative ways to punish him. And we discovered what it was. He loved video games. This is one of my other children. And all we had to do was say, you're not allowed to play that game. And life was over. <sighs> I mean, life had ended. It was so good to finally find what worked with that son of mine. But folks, I could say lots of things about how to raise kids. But here's an important thing. Set a pattern for your family. Guys, every time this church door is open, you and your kids should be here. On Sunday night, your kids should not have the option to stay home and you go to church. They should be here with you. How else are they ever going to know how to worship with you? I, I, I can feel the amens getting less and less the more I'm sharing. Man, that's where I saw people. You know, you're in kids' church on Sunday morning. Sunday night, you saw people getting touched by the power of God, and it made you hungry for God. And you wanted to be close to God. And you, saw, and you saw people being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you said, I want some of that at age whatever you are, 7, 8, 
9. God can touch you. I've seen people who say, oh my goodness, you're going to make me, I'm going to make myself crazy with this statement because it drives me crazy, this whole thing. But when people say, I'm not going to be involved in ministry because I just, I want to take care of my family. Give me a break. All you're doing is showing your kids that God isn't priority, that everything else is priority. And I've heard people say that, and trust me, I've been in ministry a long time, and I've seen them do it. We're protecting our kids. We're focusing on our family. You should focus on your family. Your family should be major priority to you. You should have nights where you hang out with your kids. You should have times where you take them to do special things. But I've seen those people who say, no, I'm going to protect my family and not be involved in ministry. I've, I've seen many, 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 if not all of them, their kids don't serve God today. They don't. They might come sit on the back row like their parents did for the last 20 years. But they don't really serve God. They don't come to church at all. And if you're not involved in the presence of God and you're not serving and there's not an anointing in your life, how on earth is any other anointing going to flow to the next generation? And it's not just true of our physical family. Didn't Paul have Timothy? Epaphroditus, Titus, the anointing on Paul's life spilled over. Man, Paul was sending those guys out to help take care of the churches, to help impact the churches that he had started. You know, it, pastors, ministers, leaders, there's people under you that God wants your anointing to spill over to, not just your own children. There's people in this church, leaders, who are dying to move ahead in ministry. And they want someone to get close to and someone to serve and someone to mentor them. I mean, many years ago, Pastor Morocco told me, I want you to start a school of the arts or worship or something where you're training people. And, and I, honestly, I'm like the worst piano teacher in the world. You know, really. I just don't have the patience. You know, I'm just like, come on, play the right chord, you know. But um, I just don't wasn't built to do that. But at some point, God put in my heart to see worship leaders released. And I was really just being obedient to Dr. Morocco. But God brought young people into my life when I was, you know, 40 years old, 39, 38. Young people like, like um, Pastor Alex, like Minister Micah, like Minister Darren in Oahu, like like uh, Joelle Moore, like Becca Sherman in Dallas. And I could go through others. And God allowed them to come, Minister Andrew, to come and be a part of that school of worship. And they learned and they grew. And we took time. And somehow or another, anointing on my life spilled over to them on some level. And God let that happen. There are people who want to grow in what you have. I remember when Rodney Howard Brown came to the cathedral in 1995 and we had all-out revival I'm sure you've heard about that I was one of the stiffest worship leaders in history up to that point and and I went to a Bible school where you sang three hymns and you know maybe an extra chorus if you're really spiritual that sort of thing and um, one of my friends was Rodney Howard Brown's worship leader I didn't even know that he was in my wedding Stacy Swally 
he showed up. Stacy had a, such an anointing on him, and I don't know what happened that week, but that anointing on Stacy's life spilled over to my life. And in one week, my worship leading style and who I was as a worship leader completely transformed. And I'm telling you, I just happened to be at the right place in the right time. God had me set up for that. So I guess I'm saying this to you leaders. Be sure that you have those that you're training up under you. And those who are here tonight, if you want a greater anointing, start to hang out with people that you want to be like. You want to flow like Pastor Daniel? Man, you just show up at early morning prayer and be around him. You show up for mentoring or, or whatever he has. I don't even know what he has. You take the opportunity to do what Elisha did and wash his hands and serve. And I know I'm just boring some of you guys tonight. You're like, when can I get out of here? But some of you are going to get it tonight. And some of you, your lives are going to be transformed. And some of you are going to reproduce yourselves and some of you just aren't. You might say, well, I don't come from generations of Christians like Dr. Morocco. Man, I just got saved last month, Pastor. How am I, how am I supposed to do that? Well, I don't get any benefits like that. Let's talk for a minute about Peter. Foul mouth, fisherman, big guy. He didn't come from some long line of priests. He wasn't even very educated. But the high priest, the great high priest, on the day of Pentecost, poured his anointing oil on Peter's life, and that man was transformed. See, it's who you know. And when you know him, the great high priest, he can give you all the anointing you need. Amen? Amen. Legacy can start in your life right now. I'm going to finish with one last little story. Are you guys getting encouraged on some level tonight? Hallelujah. My grandmother grew up in northern Missouri. She didn't know God. She had a child out of wedlock, and then she got married and had child number two, and then divorced, and then she got married again and had child number three, and that was my mom. And my grandpa cheated on her and abused her and beat her, and then that marriage ended. So pretty rough life. Somewhere in there, she got to know God. She was a nominal kind of Christian. She attended a Methodist church. But somewhere in those years, in around the 1930s, she went to one of those sort of old school, old time Pentecostal meetings in a tent. And she got filled with the Holy Ghost. I think that's probably what drove my Catholic grandpa completely over the edge, you know. That was really the greater end of their marriage, but he couldn't handle that. But now she was tongue-talking, she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and her and my mom would walk to church every single night. They had church every night. 
and there were great healings and great revivals, and their lives were transformed. And somewhere in those years, my grandmother volunteered to teach children for Children's Church. My grandma was also a songwriter. Nobody ever heard her songs. She, she didn't win a Dove Award. They didn't even know what that was. She would just write them all out and re make little recordings of them. She loved to write songs. She was a preacher sometimes. But those were the main things she did. She taught children's church till she was 87 years old without stopping. Minister Chris, you got a long way to go, man. <laughs> 87 years old. She finally decided she'd, she'd had enough. Now listen to me. She passed away when she was 93. Today, this is the absolute truth. 20, 20 of her children and grandchildren are in full-time ministry today. Five, no, it's actually six of them are children's pastors. Exactly what she did for all those years. Five are worship leaders and music directors of churches involved in songwriting and that sort of thing. And almost all the rest have volunteered in ministry and are still volunteering in ministry, teaching Sunday school classes, kids ministry, doing camps. My brother John, you know, is a teacher, but he is really a full-time minister every moment he's not teaching at his school, right? Some of you guys know him. Helps with all kinds of ministries. My son Dylan today, the one that I had to ground from video games, is in, in Branson to be our kids pastor. That's his greatest desire, to minister to kids. And I tell you what, I, I, I look back and I'm like, man, all my grandma did was be faithful. She never got paid a dime to teach kids. She never saw one of her songs do anything. But she was faithful to God and she had her kids in church and her grandkids in church and that woman prayed. And she wasn't perfect, but she prayed for us. And today, you can see the anointing that was on her life spilling over not only to her kids, but her grandkids and her great-grandkids today. You know, and, and I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed by the picture that God wants to allow what's on our lives to overflow to our children and to those who serve with us. And how many of you would say tonight, Pastor, I want an anointing to flow to my kids. Come on, your physical kids. Lift your hand. I'm gonna ask you to stand right now. How many of you would also say, I want an anointing, Minister Micah, can you help me? I want an anointing to, I, I, don't, I mean, my kids may be grown, my kids may be gone, but I want to influence other people's lives. Stand with me as well. I want to influence. You may be single here. You know, you may be 18. You say, I want to be used that what's on my life, just like with Elijah, and Elisha can spill over to someone else. Stand with me. And I just want to pray for you tonight. Would you lift your hands? Come on, lift your hands. 
Hallelujah. Come on, just begin to talk to the Lord. <laughs> God, you're so faithful. I'm going to pray for you separately. I need to know who you are. I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. I'm, I have no idea how to do this, but I guess this is what I'm going to do. If you say, I have children, I want you to get with your wife and your kids, get you with your family. I want you guys to come on this side of the of this of the platform and if you if you are saying i want to influence lives i want you to come on this side of the platform and just just make a line this is not so much about me laying hands on you but i feel like i'm supposed to say a word of prayer over each group come on lift your hands tonight jesus you see these folks here with their families right now. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, for an anointing, Lord God, that's on this family, Lord God, in each of these families to overflow even now, Lord God, to their children. Lord Jesus, I pray for wisdom for these parents. Father God, I pray that even we'll do the basics right, Lord God. Jesus, the basics of even, of, 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 disciplining and leading our children, Lord God, that there'll be wisdom, Lord God, over each of these parents tonight. God, even those that say, well, Mom, my kids are grown. Maybe I did things right, maybe I didn't. God, I pray that you'd give them the grace, Lord God, to see their children come to you, Lord God. Jesus, you draw their families to you. Father God, I pray your anointing on these households, and there'll be households, Lord God, that serve you all of their days. I pray for fathers right now. Come on, let's all lift our voices. God, we pray for fathers right now. Come on, help me pray. God, we pray for fathers right now that you'll cause them to rise up, Lord God, be spiritual heads of their families, Lord God, that you'll give them wisdom, Holy Spirit, Lord God. Oh, God, you'll give them the time when they have to put their foot down and say, no, this is how it's going to be. And times, Lord God, when they need to extend mercy. God, we pray for mothers today, Lord God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll give them grace and strength, Father God, and encourage their hearts tonight. And in those times when they say, what am I going to do with this kid? God, you would show them what to do, and you would give them wisdom. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. God wants to give you an anointing tonight. God, we pray for an impartation tonight, Lord God, for families, for the anointing, Lord God, that's on their lives to spill over, Lord God, to the next generation, Lord God. Come on, lift your voices. Hallelujah. We just sing, Minister Micah. I'm just going to pray for these folks very quickly. Hallelujah. Touch them tonight, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Minister to them. Jesus, we ask you, Holy Spirit. Touch them tonight, Lord God, I pray. Fresh anointing, Lord Jesus. Wisdom and grace, hallelujah. God is going to use many of you to replicate yourself, to replicate yourself, to replicate yourself. 
You folks over here, God wants to use you to replicate yourself. This is a year of multiplication and increase. And Lord God, I pray for an anointing on these folks right here. Lord God, to see the anointing on their lives spill over. The oil, Lord God, that's on their lives. Lord God, spill over to young people. Lord God, to people around them, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father God, for a fresh anointing upon them, Lord God. And you would even bring people into their path, Father God. Bring people into their path, Lord God. Bring people that want to follow them. Bring people that want to serve with them, Lord God, we pray. Jesus, do your work, Lord God, we ask you right now. Spirit of God, touch them tonight. Jesus wants to use you more than you can even ask or imagine. God wants to use you in greater ways than you can even ask or imagine. To see yourself replicated in the lives of others. See yourself replicated in lives of others, lives of young people. Hallelujah. Jesus, touch them tonight. Oh, I want to be used by you. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Put your hands together for Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. You can head back to your seat tonight. You can head back to your seat tonight. and uh, We're going to take a moment to sow into the ministry of Pastor Chris. Ushers, if you'd help me real quickly. If you'd like an opportunity to sow into Pastor Chris's ministry tonight, you can just slip up your hand. Our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. 
make a check out, make it out to KC. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Appreciate you. I thought you were a good piano teacher. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Ushers, would you come? pray for this offering. Father, we thank you tonight for this opportunity to give into the ministry of Pastor Chris. We thank you, Lord, for his life, for his family. Come on, stretch your hands out towards Pastor Chris. Let's pray for him. Father, thank you, Lord, for the anointing that's upon him. Thank you, Lord, for the time that he's spent, Lord, pouring into our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the gift to the body that he is. I thank you, Lord, that you've even given him to me as a mentor, Lord. Thank you, God, for his family, for Pastor Melissa, for Austin and Jenna, Madison and Dylan. Pray, Lord, that you'd bless them, Lord, and their extension there in Branson. We ask, Lord, that you would answer every single one of their needs, God. I pray that you'd give them a house, Lord. Give them a house there in Branson. Perfect size, Lord, even to facilitate the starting of the church services, Lord, as they desire. I pray, Lord, that you'd bless him, God, that as he goes away and goes back to his family, I pray that he would leave refreshed. Thank you for his ministry and his service, his impartation over this weekend. Now bless the seed and the sower tonight. Thank you, God, for everyone that is sowing tonight. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give tonight. I give my Come on, once you give, would you stand to your feet? Just sing this tonight. I give myself, I give myself away so you can use me. you put your hands together one more time for Jesus. Let's stretch across the aisles. We're going to close in prayer tonight. Would you grab somebody's hand as we close in prayer? Hallelujah. Don't miss Wednesday night. Pastor Vince will be here preaching up a storm.
Intergeneration Student Ministries will be meeting upstairs. Children's Ministry as well. Minister Chris, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, pray for your neighbor that they would be an imparter even to their children or other people as well. Father, we thank you, Lord, that the anointing that flows upon us can flow in others. And Lord, that we can be a part of someone else's life and have the anointing on them flow on us. And we thank you tonight, God, for the word that was preached to us, that was ministered to us. Lord, may we continue to live in such a way that is honoring and pleasing to you. I pray, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us. Lord, I pray that you'd bless these as they go. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them and keep them and give them peace. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you. Hallelujah.